Hi, I'm Emile Bellet, founder of Vestpod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich. And you're listening to The Wallet. Every week, we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. My guest today is Crystal McGilvery, whose mission is to support people in making good economic decisions, foster money confidence, and create opportunities to build wealth. She's a chartered accountant who combines cognitive behavioral therapy, neurofinance, and behavioral science with a financial knowledge to create change. With her company, Mind Over Money, a hub of financial and behavioral change. In this episode, I asked Crystal to give me her top tips about how to fall in love with finance. From knowing that even finance experts don't have it all figured out, to having fun exploring your attitudes and behaviors about money, to actively learning more. She will help you think more positively about money and reframe the narrative with a lot of examples and practical case studies. The stress of buying a house can feel overwhelming and very time-consuming. There are so many things to consider and you definitely don't want to miss anything or get it wrong. Moneybox have helped hundreds of thousands save for their first homes with their market-leading lifetime ISA. You'll also be relieved to find out that Moneybox now offer a free mortgage advice service that supports you from your first steps to your doorstep. They cover everything from finding and securing the right mortgage all the way until your completion. A dedicated case manager will help you manage all the admin between solicitors, lenders and estate agents, making your home buying experience all the more stress-free. Please note your home could be repossessed if you do not keep up repayment on your mortgage. A government LISA withdrawal charge may apply. Remember that we are not certified financial advisors. Information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. I wanted to have you on the show because I want you to talk about your love of finance and math and behavior. Can you give me a few tips about how to fall in love with finance, please? Yes, of course. I do. And not in the sense, I, I do love finance, but not in the sense of ah, money hungry. <laughs> I just enjoy what it can do and the area can do for people. If I was to start with my first, um, maybe it's just for people to know that even the finance experts don't have it all figured out. Uh, and that hopefully should make you feel a bit better. Finance experts in all spaces, industries, are forever having to update their knowledge about finance. The market is forever changing and new products are being released. So if you're not sure, know that the finance experts are also not sure. Number two would be have fun exploring your psychological self. <laughs> have fun. And I say have fun because the clients I work with, uh, especially when I do one-on-one -on -one work, you know, they come to me terrified and nervous, but you know, 10 minutes in, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to explore this. It's to know that your attitudes and behaviors towards money is a direct reflection of what's happening with your subconscious. And as well, it's influenced by external factors. So the way things are presented to you. So if you are in a, in a position where you're not feeling overly good about money and you're not making good decisions, there's possibly things happening on the surface that you're not aware of. So take time and explore it. And at the same time, you're learning about you. I, I think that's fun. I think learning about me is fun. <laughs> and, and how, um, when you work with your, with your clients, um, 
how do you help them discover sort of their, you know, money stories or behaviors uh, or maybe, you know, messages like the things they've been telling themselves about money that sort of, you know, stopping them to, to, to progress and, and, and be sort of, you know, better with money? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. And it honestly, it is deep work. You are you have to do a lot of reflection. It doesn't have to be scary or anything. It's a fun activity. It's a fun exercise. But you you look back at what you have done in certain situations and you check, okay, why did I do that? What was I trying to satisfy? Was it because I wasn't feeling good? And, you know, in, when you're not feeling good about a certain thing, does that cause you to behave in a set specific way? And it's kind of spending time unpicking that. So it's a journey. It's an ongoing journey. But once you start it, the, the change that happens so quickly is is really quite shocking. Uh, and I say that because when people come on, you know, I do a lot of this work over Zoom, the first session, they're terrified and nervous and so negative. And at the end of it, they're like, I've saved this, I've done that, I'm doing that, I'm increasing my prices. So it's an ongoing life journey, but it's crucial and just really important to get started with that deep work. And can you give me maybe one example of, you know, like maybe negative messages or like, you know, stuff that's really like blocking yourself from, from moving forwards and to actually like thinking about, about money, something you, you've seen maybe one in one of your clients? Yeah. So for example, one that popped up again this week with a client is them not checking their bank account yeah. and that's being afraid of what they might see. So as a result of them not managing their finances properly, they're afraid that they may be an overdraft again. And, and actually this particular client was on a salary of 200K. So it's not a reflection of how much money you earn. It's purely down to your behaviors and attitudes. So he he uh, didn't look at his account and, and tends not to. And it's really taking a step back to question, why am I avoiding my account? What And, and usually it's a bit like uh, with procrastination, we tend yep. to avoid doing things because we're avoiding the negative feeling, whether it's a new task, you know, writing an essay on a difficult subject you, you you procrastinate because you don't think you can do it and you don't want to experience the negative feeling so it's a similar kind of thing with with maybe not checking your overdraft you don't want to feel bad about the negative balance that you have created and it's just really understanding that which I'll touch on a bit later as well <laughs> amazing and that's why maybe it creates um That's why you can have so many emotions around money and sometimes negative emotions around maybe shame and not wanting to yes. share with anyone. And then, you know, these small issues can become bigger issues. Yeah. And at some point you feel really stuck and you're like, wow, what, what do I do with that? Yes. Um, can you give me your third tip, please? Yes, um, I think it would be, and this one sounds like it's maybe not related to finances, but it totally is. And it's to actively put yourself in new situations. Okay. So you want to develop a growth mindset. If you're feeling like you are no good at money, um, the phrase that I, I really detest is, I'm just crap when it comes to money or I'm stupid. And those things don't exist. That, that's not true. It's purely, you know, like we spoke about earlier, but it's to develop a growth mindset. And one way of doing that, you know, there's many, is to put yourself in a new situation. And what you're doing there is you're, you're relearning and informing yourself that actually you're fine. You can cope. You have enough of the tools to make a good decision to get by and you're developing self-trust and exploration, yeah. which is what's needed for you to improve your financial decision making or your wealth and you know, improve 
all of that. It's it's for you to trust yourself that you can do it and then you can go about making those changes. And um, when you want to put yourself in a new situation, is it only money related, work related, or how does it work when it's, can you give me an example of, you know, something in my life, in, in, in your life? I mean, for me, with, with Vespot and life, I'm always trying new situations and stuff, which is super <laughs> exciting and always very scary. Um, if you can give me one example on how does that help uh, actually learning about money or feeling better about, uh, about money? Yeah, so it could be something at work. It could be you exploring a new opportunity at work that you think maybe mm, that's not for me or maybe going to a networking event in a industry or where the topic is something completely unrelated to what you know about, but challenging yourself to say, actually, I'm going to have a conversation with one person. And that's just going to reinforce reinforce the messaging to yourself that actually I, I can do this. I can do something that's totally different to what I'm used to doing and then try and apply the same thing with your money. Amazing. So we've looked at, um, you know, finance experts and that you don't need to have everything figured out. Having fun actually exploring your psychological self, actively putting yourself in new situation and out there. And I think this is also to understand the bigger picture. Do you have other, other tips for me? Do money things at the same time as releasing dopamine. Yeah. So you want to do money things whilst you're having fun. Whatever that means for you. I think <laughs> I think once I said, have a drink, <laughs> but maybe not <laughs> when you're doing your finances. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. I mean, I'm a lightweight, so I think that would be way too much for me. But, I, you know, maybe grab a girlfriend and yep. sit down and, and put some music on and, you know, set a time every week or month that this is what you guys do. It doesn't have to be a boring task. You can have fun with it. So then the, the, the thought of you doing money becomes a positive thought, which means it will be a positive experience and you're less likely to avoid it. So there you're doing something that we call reframing. So you're reframing the idea of money yep. into a positive light, building that new association. Amazing. And um, Crystal, can you tell me what is money for you um, and a little bit about your, your money story maybe? Mm. Yeah. So money for me right now, I'm so fluid with money. I see money as, as um, very much so flowing. I think rewinding um, and I give you a couple of really interesting things. So, you know, I come from social housing background. My mother was self-employed, all of that good stuff. So money was never really, ah, we had, we didn't have an abundance at all. Um, so when I started to work in finance and I started to build my wealth really quickly. You know, I bought property, but nobody around me from where I came from was doing the same. Yeah. And that's when I realized, actually, there's something going on here. I need to get into this space. But what's really interesting, just to show how much I was not aware of finance, when I started university, because my mother was on low income, uni was actually free for me. Completely no tuition fees. I didn't know this until many years later. So when I went to uni, I took out the full loan, the full grant. I was also working two jobs and I was living at home with my mum. So I didn't need to borrow money, but I didn't know that my tuition uh, fee was free. It, and that's just purely down to not knowing where to go for information, yeah. it not being communicated very well to me. And we're talking 10 years later until I realized. Wow. Uh, so I didn't have to take that debt out. And obviously, as you can imagine, I paid that back <laughs> over many years. Um, so yeah, I just went through that journey and realized, you know, people need this education and the, the issue or the need is not just learning about a bank account or learning what, you know, uh, stock is, for example, it's 
understanding you and how you are in those situations and how you deal with money, which is where uh, I specialize. And was it one moment in your life when you thought, okay, um, money can actually be abundant and I can, you know, make more money and I'm going to be, you know, financially secure. I'm going to be financially independent. Yeah, I think it's the first time I looked at my finances. So I was uh, dating this guy and we decided, right, we're going to go and rent a flat. And I built a budget. That's the first time I did it. I built one for him, but one for me. Went through my finances and I think I was earning, I don't even think I was earning 20K, you know, whatever. But I saw when I checked the previous month that I had spent 500 pounds and I had no idea where the money went. And when you're earning less than 20K, 500 pounds is a bit of a hit. Yeah. So I was flabbergasted. Where is this money gone? So I literally just built out a financial plan. I started, I had been teaching maths and because I knew I wanted to save my deposit, I really went deep on the finance, on, sorry, the maths education um, and to a point where I was earning more with private tuition than I, when I was on my full-time income. And I was earning about 30K and that, you know, is quite a good thing. So it's then when I saw the potential when it came to money and what I could do with it and the investing I was doing, that I thought, okay, yeah, money's a thing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Crystal. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Wallet. Every other week, I answer your questions about money on the show. To get involved, send me your questions and comments, your hotline to podcast at vespot.com. If you send us a voice note, you may even get to hear your voice on the next hotline episode. Be sure to share this show with your friends and subscribe on your favorite platform. Please also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a few seconds, but it helps more people find our show. Join us again next Thursday for another episode of The Wallet with award-winning journalist Vicky Spratt to talk about our new book, Tenants, and the housing crisis in the UK.